0: I want now to uh, turn the corner a little bit and take a, a step in in a little bit different direction uh, not well in the next direction around what we've been talking about with respect to mission and values and I want to I, I want to maybe dispel a couple of things and then I want us to get to work oh dear it's five minutes after already um, and and and, uh, and I want to I want to start with Uh, Two thoughts, but also an image and and this just struck me as I was as I was walking around today Uh, There's lots of photos here in the in the room Uh, and this one caught my attention Uh, a whole group of people uh, And they're they're looking at the camera. Um, My uh, two of my nieces got married this summer and so we were at a couple of weddings and You had this experience. Uh, We had a time where we were trying to take a picture of all my parents grandchildren But there was like eight cameras in front of them right Uh, Because all of us had our phones up, because we all have a phone and it's got a camera, so we must take a picture, right? But what does that do to the group of people having their picture taken? They don't know where to look, right? Now, this was taken in, who knows, 1986, back when it was amazing that anybody had a camera in that room, right? And so they all knew where to look. And they're all looking at the same camera, and the picture turns out great. What we're going to be thinking about and talking about in the next few minutes, but also in the next couple of packets, I think this is an interesting image of what's going on in our churches. My question is, as a congregation, what camera are you looking at? And are you all looking at the same camera? And how many different cameras can we look at and still end up with a decent picture, if I can put it that way? You understand? When we start to talk about mission and values, and what we're doing as an organization, if we have a plethora of possible lenses that we're looking at when the camera of, you know, each of our churches gets snapped, the photo, what does that do to the the clarity, the focus of the picture, which is our ministry, which is our work that we are doing as, as a congregation? And, and Just as our lives are surrounded with all sorts of things we're asked to pay attention to. So standing in front of our congregations at any given moment are a host of people saying, no, look over here. Not people, issues, ideas, values. No, look over here. No, look over here. No, this one. Which camera do I look at? So in in the activity we're going to do in a few minutes, which is really to get you started on some things you're going to do in the next couple of months. Maybe use this as an image of the question of we're going to talk about clarity of mission and values. And if that language sounds businessy or whatever, I'll talk about that in a minute. But maybe use the the image of all of us looking at the same camera when the picture gets taken as a way to think about clarity of mission and values. When we as a church have clarity of mission and values, we're all looking at the same camera when the picture gets taken. Right now. I also have a 15-year-old daughter who likes to make funny faces. And she's often looking at the right camera, but making the wrong face for the occasion. That's a separate issue, I suppose. But um, she would not appreciate that she just came up in the uh, conversation today. Uh, Zach, please edit that out. Um, OK, I want to I transition in, in, uh, now to talk about uh, what, what John uh, Dr. Metz uh, helped us do by having this conversation I believe as part of what he was doing is helping us make present to us what is often absent or obscured, right? Uh, Talking about what we value and what drives what we do as individuals and as a church is something that's like happening all the time, but we're not often looking at it closely. Uh, And in fact, it can become a little bit like your breathing. You don't pay attention to your breathing too much. And if you start to pay attention to your breathing, then it feels weird and it gets odd, right? and talking about mission and values can feel that way. But I think talking about mission and values and our why beneath the why helps us for a minute bring to the forefront of our attention, to go back to that language, things that we claim are meaningful to us as an organization. And, and I said at the beginning today that when we mention mission and values, kind you may pull back from this because some of you have been through other, say, church growth or church vitality uh, activities in which you did a bunch of talk about mission and values and you made a new mission for the church and you put it on the bulletin and the sign. And then we never talked about it ever again. Right. And you're all like, oh, not this again. Some of you have spent time in the business world where there's a lot of talk about mission and values and you're just like, oh, great. Business world at church. Thanks. I didn't need that on a Saturday morning. Right. Um, uh, And some of you may just be asking, "Is is, is it even valuable? for us to be talking about this. And how many of us really need to be talking about this? So let me just comment on a couple of things. First of all, I think that when we're in times of crisis, which maybe is overstating the case for your church, but, but go with me, when we're in times of crisis, it's important for us to have heightened attention to the things that really matter and the basics, right? Um, when you are ill, you do suddenly get very attentive to maybe your breathing, maybe your heart rate, maybe your blood pressure or what what have you um, when our organizations whether that's a business or a church uh, when it's running smoothly we don't maybe necessarily need to spend a whole lot of time looking intently at varied a- various aspects of our mission and values um, maybe it's okay for it to run on autopilot but when a crisis comes or a pinch point comes or stress comes it's necessary to become a little bit more deliberate about the fundamentals of what we are doing and in the case of the church i think that that means having a higher percentage of people than usual thinking and talking about things like mission and values uh, will it, will, you, will we need to talk about this at this depth with the whole congregation maybe not and maybe not for very long but when we are, are making decisions as churches, when we're experiencing stress uh, and crisis, it's really important to, to slow down and look at the fundamentals. And I think uh, you see this in other areas of life. Struggling sports teams go back to the fundamentals. In times of economic uncertainty, we, we go back to the basics of budgeting and really looking at where we're spending our money as individuals and as organizations. So uh, part of the reason for looking at this is that. Um, But I also want to comment on the feeling that you may have uh, that we're talking about mission and values. Isn't this business sort of speak? Well, every individual and every organization has the reasons why it does things. Right. So to talk about missions and values, the business world doesn't have any corner on having a mission. Uh, The church had a mission or maybe as some people like to say the mission had a church long before there were corporations that had mission statements. Right. Um, What we want you to think about is not so much, we're not going to say anything really original about the issue of mission and values. What we're interested in ultimately is the posture and the tools we use as a church to think and talk about our mission and values. That's the reflective posture we've been working on. So, uh, again, don't expect anything much in the way of novelty in terms of your mission mission and values talk, that's just woven into how we work as humans, but particularly we want you to lean into the practice of reflection as we talk about mission and values. And in fact, that's really where John was taking us because he asked you to look, to examine your own, if I can say it this way, your own feelings about mission and values for you individually and for your church, to attend to those things using a somewhat reflective Posture. So uh, hold on to that 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 vision for us of being reflective as we go into the next activity because it's going to feel a little technical, all right? Um, But it's it's technical for the sake of having some some specific things to be reflective about. And so I'm going to ask Zach to come and pass out some uh, some some pieces of of paper to you, and um, we're going to work on something that we're calling a mission map. all that all that Slide said was mission Map. Um, this uh, is a lengthy paragraph that most of which is on the paper that's in front of you, so you, you don't need to write this down. This paragraph came from the Lilly Endowment uh, as they wrote about their vision for what it is that thriving congregations uh what characterizes thriving congregations and they named three things they said thriving congregations know and adapt to their context thriving congregations have clarity of mission and values and thriving congregations have robust christian practices you have already been leaning into a robust christian practice called reflection uh, and now we're going to talk about the mission and values part and at the next workshop about context. They've said this, this is their, their paragraph, thriving congregations have a striking clarity about their values and missions, drawing on their theological and ecclesial traditions. They have developed a strong sense of identity and are able to articulate why they are called to love God and serve those in their congregations. The why beneath the why, perhaps neighborhoods, regions, and across the globe. This clarity enables a thriving congregation to identify specific areas of interest and and then align its ministries and activities around those priorities. Some of the ministries created by thriving congregations may concentrate on strengthening the inner life of a congregation, while others may focus on reaching out and serving others. Moreover, members of thriving congregations are not merely concerned with the roles and functions of sustaining a church and its programs, not just keeping the church alive, but are focused instead on a vision of abundant life that connects them and their communities, really, to God, one another, and the world. While members are recipients of the congregation's ministry, they're more importantly agents of ministry who serve one another and their communities as they share life together. That paragraph's a mouthful with a lot of stuff. And we, we reflected on this paragraph. We realized that what it does is it, is it names issues of mission and values at a variety of different levels. And what we came up with was a way to kind of map those different levels of how our mission and values manifest themselves in the, the work that we do as churches. And, uh, and I think it's valuable for us to reflect on those different layers. And so what we've done on the sheet in front of you is we've, we've taken that paragraph and we've laid it out into a graphic that you can see, right? Again, there's nothing really, um, there's nothing really amazing about this, I don't think. It, it lays it out in some steps that hopefully will give you a bit of a map. Now, it looks kind of like a tree. Because uh, because Zach made it that way, and Zach makes everything beautiful in our in our uh, materials. You know, we talked through this. Um. And I think it has some logic to it that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on today. But what I want us to do in the next few minutes is to work together a little bit with this document. And you're not going to get it completely filled out. Uh, Zach's given you another one that's that's table-sized for you to doodle on and and make some notes on in a few minutes. But let me just talk through a little bit of this, and then we'll work on it a little bit, and then we'll we'll move on to our next step. Uh, Down where we might call the roots is the part of the paragraph that has to do with their theological and ecclesial traditions. Uh, We have UCC churches here. We have Lutheran churches here. Some of you come from uh, other traditions that you bring into your experience. Uh, uh, What is the why beneath the why for your church? The why beneath the why may very well have roots all the way back in whatever theological and ecclesial tradition you're rooted in, right? Um, Now, does everybody in your congregation know all that stuff and remember it? Probably not. But again, in times of challenge it's more and more important for us to be able to be clear on what are the deep whys that drive us as a congregation and john was probing some of that probing some of that right um the so that again if it if, if you're a lutheran church if you're a, an episcopal church if you're a methodist church if you're a baptist church a catholic church right the the precise things that that are those deep whys may overlap may be different than other congregations um, let's look at the second one as well, and then I'll give you a little bit of time to play. The second level up uh, from their paragraph talks about um, them identifying specific areas of interest and then aligning its ministries and activities around those priorities. Now, uh, I'll use our, our, our Lutheran churches here as an example. In theory, the Lutheran churches that are represented here, ELCA Lutheran churches, have a fairly shared bottom layer on this on this map right the theological tradition that they call home uh, is is fairly shared but because of their local context the personality of their pastors and people over the years because of the particular interests they have a distinct identity probably There's things that they care about as a congregation in a very specific way that are different than what another uh, sister ELCA congregation might. Um, And a congregation that has a clear and strong identity in that sense is often a healthier congregation than one, well, where everybody's looking at a different camera. All right. So if if the bottom layer is our sort of theological tradition, we come from that second layer of of our mission and values and clarity has to do with uh, sort of our distinct identity as a congregation. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, Oh, boy. I'll give you a couple minutes to play around. All right. You're going to do more of this in your next few uh, conversations as Thrive Teams. But I want you to play around with those bottom two boxes with with the conversation that John led you in as a guide. You've already, as we say in our office, you've already thrown a lot of values and mission spaghetti against the wall this morning. You've thrown words like tradition and diversity and and we know you didn't throw love and forgiveness against the wall, but but let's imagine that you had, um, you've already thrown that stuff up there. I want you to think about what would be the pieces that you've already talked about or that you need to talk about that might fit in those bottom two boxes. The theological ecclesial tradition pieces or and the distinctive identity of the churches that are represented here all right take a few minutes to just play around and again we have you you have this big one feel free to doodle on that one it's two-sided so you can you can be wrong on one side and right on the other or messy on one side and clean on the other or whatever but Mess around with that just a little bit. What would you put in those bottom two boxes as the why's whys behind the why or the why's of your congregation? So uh, here's, uh, here's the thing. You're going to continue this conversation in your, coming, in your coming meetings. You'll be given some individual work and some group work to, to fill those out a little bit and, and, and understand and think through uh, both of those pieces, all right? Um, and, and we'll talk about how clear is that, how clear is that to the rest of the congregation or maybe outside the congregation, right? Um, it, I often say if if the, if the community outside you cannot distinguish you as a church, whatever kind of church you are, from uh, the local political action group, right or left, you're going to have trouble thriving in the current context, right um, because they're probably doing the political action better than you are <laughs> so and without all of the, the, the you know the trouble and extra stuff that comes with you know church so um so there's some issues with you know clarity on what does it mean to be a christian what does it mean to be lutheran or or ucc or whatever it is that that some clarity on that might help your congregation and your community in understanding where you're positioning yourself all right so i give that to you you'll continue to work on that and particularly maybe find some ways to involve other people in the congregation on that blue box about identity what sets us apart what makes lutheran church a different from lutheran church b Maybe even if they're three blocks from each other, which I know happens sometimes, right? Um, what's their identity, right? And and what 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 pulls us together? Now to explain uh, the middle part of the box where it starts to branch out has to do with the specific ways that we we live these things out in our congregations and in our communities. And I'm going to leave that for now. You'll have a whole activity on that part of it, and that is you know the the needs and values that we see uh, for people in our congregation, maybe youth or parents or whatever, and the specific ministries, those little boxes are like specific ministries we do, or outside the community, needs and things that we do outside the community. You'll come back to that box. But I want to go back, I want to go to the top of the, of the tree for just a minute. Um, and uh, someone at one of the tables named this, and I think it's fantastic because, uh, because I completely agree. Um, We can approach these questions of what we do as a church from a bottom-up or a top-down in terms of this document sort of way. The top of this box talks about the vision of the abundant life. That is, um, the members of Thriving Congregations are focused on a vision of abundant life for those inside the congregation and those outside the congregation that all the work of the church, hopefully, is fostering. Now, personally, for my money, I think the top of the tree and the bottom of the tree need to be connected. That's usually how trees work, right? But I believe that we can start fruitful conversations in our congregations, either from top down, what is an abundant life? And I think in our contemporary, now this is, this is theologian pastor now gonna you know preach for 37 seconds, in our contemporary moment I think our communities need more help than ever really understanding what makes for an abundant life. And so I appreciate this paragraph that that uh, that Lily put together and I stand by the way we've built it into this tree but as congregations and as churches as thrive teams i invite you to to not necessarily get caught thinking about it strictly from the bottom up who are we as lutherans and then what is our value? there's there's value there but to maybe go back and forth between a top down and a bottom up approach to what we're doing as a church what vision of abundant life do we have as the church that we are and how is that, how is that being, these middle, these middle sections, which are the specific ministries and activities of your church, worship services, Sunday school and youth groups and, and mission trips and all of that. How, how do those things clearly contribute to and foster that vision of abundant life that we have as a congregation? So uh, we don't have time for you to spend a lot of time as a group writing things in the top of the tree. Okay you've probably already named some of them in your values right you want people to be forgiving that's part of the abundant life isn't it uh we want people to be generous that's a part of we believe an abundant life is is a life that is generous and you want to foster those things in people so um, in the months to come the activities we're going to give you will uh will give you a chance to fill in some of the spots on this tree but also we want, to, we want to direct you time and again back to the posture of reflection about it. To ask ourselves, what are we being attentive to at these different layers? Are we being attentive? <laughs> but also how are we attending to that? Um, what feelings do I have about the vision of abundant life that my congregation holds to. uh, Is there a shared sense of an abundant life? or not and if there isn't a shared sense of abundant life what does that mean for uh our our health as a congregation these are the kinds of conversations we want to stir up in the coming months so this document is you're going to work with it a little bit more feel free to take the big one uh home with you if you already started to doodle some notes on it we wanted to introduce it here to give you a picture of it so that you're not starting with it from you know from fresh at your at your next thrive team meeting but uh, the next couple of resources will have you interact with this document in some ways and as always if there's any of this that you find helpful and want to share it with others in your church feel free to make copies uh, ask zach for the digital file and you can print off as many as you want it's not copyrighted um, we it, but it, it what it does is it allows us to throw up uh, that's a bad word to use. <laughs> Throw just Barf all of your ideas on it. It allows us to lay out different aspects of who we are as a church and what we do in, in, in more specific ways. And then for us to bring that posture of reflection to the, to the different layers. Reflection on the vision of abundant life. Reflection on the specific ministries. Reflection on our church's sense of identity. Are we a congregation that looks at one camera, or is everybody looking someplace else? And and what does that mean for us as a church?